Welcome to the Fuqua Show, where the stories, experiences, insights of Team Fuqua. I'm your host, Thomas Cheng, and today we're here with Julian and Shelly to talk about Fuqua women in finance. Thanks so much for having us. So happy to be here. So a brief intro on our two guests. Julian Gielig is co-president of Finance Club and is pursuing investment banking. Shelly Mittal runs Fuqua's private equity venture capital conference and is pursuing a private equity career. Let's jump in, especially with your non-traditional paths to get to where you are today. Shelly, you started with dentistry. How'd you end up in private equity? Great question. First, thanks for having us again. Well, you know, I come from an unconventional background. I well, I grew up in Florida. Not that there's anything wrong with Florida, but <laughs> I was surrounded by medicine and I grew up in a medical family and a community, which I'm really grateful for. And as I entered college, I had a mindset that I would go into one of those fields related to healthcare. And at that time, I figured dentistry would have the right work-life balance and also rewards for doing that. And with that in mind, I decided to take a gap year after graduating college early to explore an interest I had in tandem with pursuing a dental career, and that was biotechnology. Mm. And so I miraculously was accepted to a master's program at Columbia University in New York City. And and then that was really the first time I ever left Florida. And I was living somewhere else. And as you know, New York City is the financial hub of the world. And that's where I got my first real taste of finance. And when I was in a class called How to Build a Drug and the financing and funding that goes behind it. So that's where I met uh, Dr. Roy Vagelos, who was my professor and also the prior CEO of Merck Pharmaceutical. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And so I felt really inspired about what he was talking about. And so after the lecture, I kept discussing with him opportunities where I could learn a bit more about biotech and finance. And and that actually got me into venture capital, which was something really new to me and really was starting to take off during that time. So I was fortunate enough to advance that interest. And I found myself working as an intern at, an, at a rising accelerator. And I was in rooms with folks from Blackstone, KKR, and BlackRock. And having these people as our limited partners opened up so many doors. And so much so that that accelerator that I worked at as, as an intern is now a multi-million dollar venture capital firm. And how about you, Julian? You started in international development and you made your way to investment banking. How did that happen? Honestly, my journey into finance was overnight the, the day I got accepted into Duke. I've always liked math and always liked numbers, but for whatever reason, decided to pursue a career in international development. I spent my early career actually working on grassroots projects in Brazil and Mozambique, and then later on larger scale government-funded development projects in D.C., and I, I think after about seven years in the industry, I was just a little bit jaded, quite honestly, by, by international development and saw the impact that the role of the private sector had and specifically the impact that capital flows had in driving economic growth across, across the world in a very empowering way. And so I knew I wanted to come to business school, and it's it's still kind of mind-blowing to me that you can just use business school to, to make this 180. But John Buley was the final kind of word of encouragement to make that decision and pursue investment banking specifically. Well, Julian, I want to ask you to follow up. One important quality for success is being a quick learner. How did you start from zero and learn everything for IB in just a few months? Yeah, it's a great question. I had never taken finance or accounting until I came to Fuqua. 
And I don't necessarily think I'm any faster of a learner than my Fuqua classmates. But what got me there is really dedicating 110% of my first four months at Fuqua. And I, in, in hindsight, I didn't realize it at the time, but I was probably putting in 80 to 100 hour weeks during the fall semester with classes, but also mostly recruiting and, and studying on my own. What you have to learn, especially for recruiting, is learnable, which is really encouraging. There's something called the 400 question guide, and it's a, a set of 400 questions that if you understand kind of the, the background and mechanics of the questions, you, you will do fine in a technical interview. But I came out of fall semester really with no non-IB friends and uh, spent Christmas Day studying away from my family. So it's it did take some really grueling dedication, but I saw it as a four-month sprint in order to land my dream job and really don't have any regrets about how I approached it. And for you, Shelley, another important quality for success is persistence. And you got David Rubenstein to come speak at the private equity conference later this month. How did you make that happen? Great question. As you know, David Rubenstein is a big fish. He's co-founder of Carlisle, which is one of the world's largest private equity firms, a very prominent media figure on Bloomberg News. He has his own show called The Rubenstein Show, who, where he's interviewed everyone from Jeff Bezos to the late Ruthie Bader Ginsburg. So how do I convince him to be interviewed by an MBA student? <laughs> and the answer truly is persistence. Last year during our inaugural PE conference, I had the opportunity to interview Kathy Wood of ARK Invest. So wow. yeah, yeah. So we were very lucky. And again, I hate to go back on the theme, but it's persistence. And so, but not only that, it built a lot of credibility for us. And a lot of people don't know this, but the original idea was actually to get David to interview Kathy at Fuqua. But after contacting his media people, we weren't able to get through to him. So we had to go back to the drawing board on this. My brainstorm, what's an impactful way to get connect with him? I'm a huge fan of his show, so was religiously watching it. And then I realized that maybe connecting to him on a personal level and writing him a handwritten note and putting, it could be a long shot, but I definitely had 10 other tricks up my sleeve afterwards. <laughs> and so by some miracle, he actually read the letter and he agreed to come to Figo in person on March 29th in our very own Janine to be interviewed by us. <laughs> wow. How do you even muster up the courage or chutzpah to say, I'm going to write a handwritten note to one of the most influential people when others might be nervous. Yeah, I mean, even in my own career, like I, I've I've been rejected many times. So what's the worst that can happen? I saw my health, my family, and whatnot. So I go with that mindset of you didn't try, then it doesn't matter. And I think a lot of people just get nervous to try, and are scared of failure. But honestly, it it works out. I mean, there's a lot of times I we did get rejected last year, but this year he by some miracle and maybe good karma he read it and he agreed to do it. So we were ecstatic. We actually got the news in December. December, and I was like, this is the best Christmas gift I've ever gotten. Well, speaking of fear of failure and nervousness, we're talking about women in finance today. I'd love to hear your thoughts on how to encourage more women to pursue careers in this field. Sure. Yeah, it's. I feel like it's a very important topic. I, I've noticed that this often, especially in conversations before business school, that women in particular, and we just often get hesitant or shy away when we hear people talk about the stock market or bonds or interest rates. And I feel like 
if we had some sort of early education where girls can get more oriented in finance or investing in middle schools, public schools, that would have a major impact in bridging the gap for financial literacy and allowing more women to feel empowered to be in those fields that males have dominated for many years. And that's why I feel like it's so important because women we drive the consumer market trends so why shouldn't we have more leadership into the deals that go beyond that and i feel that it also allows us to experience a really financially free and rewarding career because mm-hmm. i'm sure julian will go into this but there's so there's such breadth in the deals mm-hmm. we go through and it's an amazing field yeah absolutely agree and i think in addition to that kind of early education on financial literacy even just early education of this is an accessible career that we can do and we can be really good at and it's an exciting career and i think there's a lot of stereotypes about what a, a career in finance might look like that you know is it's really easy to just write off of that's that's not for me when in reality when you actually are in in the role it looks very different than what tv shows might make it look like and i think a lot of how we can break through to the younger generation of women is by having these conversations and being vulnerable and sure it's not going to be a perfect job it's going to have its challenges but let's talk about them and let's talk about how we can help each other get through them it's a very at least investment banking is extremely mentorship driven and i think by having that dialogue and 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 helping other women succeed as well is is really a key to getting more women in finance i want to hear more about this idea of it's different from what it looks like on tv or in the media can you share more about that yeah Sure. I think one of the biggest surprises is you don't need to be a quant genius to to work in the role. I have always loved math, but it's it's also a, a learnable skill set whereas softer skills such as leadership and working and managing a team and being detail oriented, those things are really hard to to teach someone. And I think looking at my female classmates, it's it's a skill set that that we can be and are really good at and that is just as valued in a career in finance as being able to dive into a model and understand the financial analysis behind it and interestingly for recruiting at least if that's any kind of reflection of the job itself i would say it was probably weighted 75 80% on these soft skills 20 25% of like okay but do you know the 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 technical skill set. I would agree with that. At private equity, we often say it's built on relationships and so with maintaining that with our limited partners and acquiring new deals, it's partnership based. And another misconception I feel that people hold about finances, they often look at it as only lucrative or driven by human nature or greed, but what's really important to realize about finances it's a large amount of capital and if deployed in an efficient way can have a huge impact on people's lives. So far in my short but hopefully long career in finance, I believe looking at investments that can provide a net positive result for the communities, it honestly creates jobs. And I'm so glad you brought that up because I definitely wanted to address the elephant in the room. There's a lot of global backlash against these sectors, investment banking, private equity. Are the critics onto something? I I definitely understand why people have strong feelings as against banking. It can be a, an easy scapegoat perhaps to the flaws of capitalism, especially having come from a very more altruistic sector as of international development. I definitely understand it, but I I do think that there is a very key role that investment banking specifically has in our broader economy. Um Joe Biden actually actually said I I thought this was a funny anecdote earlier this month to a 
group of union workers that if all investment bankers stopped working today, nothing would happen. And um, is, that, is that nothing would happen like, like to the economy, to, to oh, the U.S.? I see. I see. Yeah. And I would respectfully have to disagree with Joe on that. I actually do think there is a really positive role that that investment banking can play. And investment is absolutely key to growth. And they play a really critical role in building up businesses and developing our economic landscape across the board. And personally, I'm really hoping to work in the power and utilities group. So investment banking is tends to be organized by sector. And a lot of recent legislation came out, the IRA recently came out that supports this broader expansion of the of the greener economy. And all of these companies making net zero or carbon neutral pledges need money and need companies to acquire in order to make those plans come to life. And so I, I personally am really excited about the potential that investment banking has to play in our energy transition. Mm -hmm. I was even just thinking about my current job and we, I have the opportunity to speak to a lot of our limited partners and what the buzz, it's all about ESG and everyone is trying to get more um, socially responsible and it's important because that investment can make such a difference and a lot of uh, PE firms, they fund railways in different countries. I think it's something to be very excited about because it's investing in the right way. And you've achieved impressive success in this field, but I imagine it wasn't always easy. What are some of the biggest challenges you face? I think a really challenging part to me, especially as a career switcher, has just been to feel like I belong, I have a role, I have something to offer. In most of my finance classes, I am just terrified to, to say something dumb or to say something that my classmates that have finance backgrounds will look at me and be like, she didn't deserve the offer she got. I, in a way, especially in the finance space, feel like I'm constantly under a microscope of representing an entire gender or whatever it is. Because, you know, in a class of 50 recruities for IB, there's maybe 10 or 12 women. You do kind of stand out and it does feel like your actions might have consequences and their reflection of your gender or whatever you represent. And I think just reminding yourself that the, the strengths that you have to offer are likely going to be very valued in, in the industry, whatever industry you, you choose to pursue. So yes, there is a place for all of us in investment banking. And it takes a while to overcome that imposter syndrome and that fear and anxiety, but be persistent. And, and I think uh, time will, will help you build that confidence. And we've talked today about women in finance, but we can't forget the role of men in all of this. Do you have thoughts on how men can be more supportive to female colleagues? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's really interesting that in these conversations about women in finance, we tend to only invite other women in the room when men have a huge role to play in this. And I think just camaraderie and support and mentorship to your female counterparts can be really helpful and just helping them feel included and like they also belong there because it took me quite a few months to actually feel like I belonged or had anything to offer to break through that imposter syndrome. So I think that role of, of male mentorship is, is really key. And, and I saw it a lot this summer as well. We talked a lot about career today, but what's something that people might not know about you personally? Oh, a fun fact about me is that one time I was called by the host Regis of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire as the friend to be phoned. No way. Question. Yes. <laughs> what? Can you share what was the question? Yeah, actually, I'm surprised this was the question. I don't know how far my friend went. It was it was in early college, and the question was, what is the chemical atomic sign for gold? Okay. A-U. Right? Yeah, nice. Like, yeah, A-U. <laughs> but I was like, is, are you really calling me? <laughs> <laughs> And you got it. And I got it. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> but I was flattered. 
flattered that they asked me for that. <laughs> okay, so a fun fact about me is I'm from rural Pennsylvania and was in 4-H as a child, which is kind of the Girl Scouts, Boy Scouts, but for farm kids. And so my first job as a young entrepreneur of 11 was selling our lambs to market, which is actually, I think it had a pretty significant role in me becoming vegetarian, but I would sell, raise these like adorable lambs and then come summer would sell them at the 4-H market. And how'd you do? <laughs> Got the most money per pound of lamb. Well, last question I'll ask you both today. There's a lot of people who know nothing about this sector who might be interested. Any tips or resources or advice for them? Absolutely. Seek out mentorship. There's so many resources out there. there. There's amazing interviews. I've learned so much from women. And also, don't be afraid to ask for help. I think mm -hmm. that's something we find to be a vulnerability. You come off weak if you ask for help. But if you're persistent and if you're willing to work hard, everyone can recognize that and they'll always give you an opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I would say reach out to reach out to me, reach out to Shelly, reach out to women working in finance to get a better sense of, of what the role is and try to kind of demystify a lot of these stereotypes that the, the industry has. I think I've learned and been helped by so many women. Absolutely, I see it in my role to pay it forward and continue to have these conversations, whether you have never, if you don't even, I didn't know what investment banking was a year and a half ago. You can, can't start much more from zero than where I started. And it's, it's a really exciting, dynamic place to work. And there's tons of opportunities for women. So I would say if you're even mildly curious, talk to someone you know and continue to explore that. We'd love to have everybody come to our second private equity and venture capital conference featuring David Rubenstein from Carlisle as our keynote, as well as major managing directors from big firms such as Aries, Blackstone, you name it, and as well a really great evening reception at Cameron Indoor. So you'll be able to play on the court and dine like a champion at the Champions Club. What? Oh, I'm Yes. There. I'm there. <laughs> So see you there. <laughs> and for any Duke student interested in connecting with more alumni in finance, we have a really exciting informal networking event at the Waduke April 13th. We'll have a, a cocktail hour with some alumni. Well, thank you both of you for coming on, Julian and Shelly. We talked about being a woman in finance, the industry overall, career goals, moving on to bigger and better things. Thanks again for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure and we'll see you next time. Thank you.